Today's reading is from Matthew chapter 5, which is on page 969 in the Bibles. Matthew chapter 5, from verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, morning, everyone. I just pray. Father, I pray that my words may be your words and that our hearts may be open to receive from you and to change according to your word. Amen. Amen. Well, uh, Lent is nearly upon us, so we get uh, pancakes on Tuesday, yay. Uh, we get ash on Wednesday, not so yay. And, uh, and then we have the Lent fast, don't we? And um, I guess some of you are deciding what you're going to give up for Lent. And if you're like me, you start with something really radical, and then you realize that's going to be quite costly, quite painful, and settle for something much easier. Um, last year I gave up coffee, we are never doing that again, um, so don't worry, I'm not going to inflict my caffeine-free self on you, um, I've chosen this year to rather inflict my online shopping-free uh, me on Amazon. Um, so as a church, we're encouraging people uh, to join some Lent hubs or to have a look at the Lent book, Say Yes to Life. Um, and then uh, for those of you uh, who don't want to do the bigger book, there's, uh, the Church of England has released this Live Lent. Um, these books will be here next week. FedEx wasn't so good on their delivery this week. Um, but it's 40 days, but you can download the app for free. Um, so these will be here next week. And, um, and, but it also is actually based on this book. So take a pick. There's also a children's book available. Um, so a quick plug for that. Justin Welby says this, Lent is a time to reevaluate, a moment where we can turn away from the luxuries and distractions of daily life and face God. In so doing, we face light, love, and life. Today we're going to focus on how we shine our light out in the world. And light is a familiar theme spoken about in the Bible um, in many different ways. Um, but it starts right in Genesis 1, verse 3, when into the darkness God says, Let there be light. And in the Gospel of John, Jesus speaks again to the people and he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then in today's passage in verse 14, you are the light of the world. So we are called in whichever way we want to try and get out of it to live in the light and with the light in us. And I'm sure we're fully aware that when there's light, it doesn't mean darkness is gone because as soon as you extinguish the light, the darkness is back. But it does mean that we can face every day with the light of Jesus. So if we're going to do that, then we need to remind ourselves how we should do that, uh, where we should do that, and actually 
why should we do that? So let's begin with how. Well, in uh, this book, I was struck by a passage when I was reading it in the first chapter. And NASA, um, I'm sure you're aware, they, they took some photographs. They orbited the Earth 312 times, and they took all these amazing photographs of the Earth. You may have seen some of them. And in look at, looking at these, um, scientists found this one thing. It says this, unlike humans, the Earth never sleeps. Even away from human habitation, light still shines. Wildfires and volcanoes rage. Oil and gas wells burn like candles. Auroras dance across the polar skies. Moonlight and starlight reflect across the water. Snow, clouds and deserts. Even the air and the ocean sometimes glow. The earth is never really dark. It glows with lights from humans and from nature. And what struck me about the natural light in any of these forms is it's not projected with any effort and with any intention. Um, wildfires respond to a chemical reaction. Auroras respond um, to a slowdown in electron energy. Starlight is reflect refracted light. So none of them decide one day we're going to shine our light. They are just as they're created to be, and they respond to a catalyst. It is a place where they are in a state of being and a response to that state of being. And we are not much different. We shine our light, and we shine it because we are reflecting Jesus. Um, through the Holy Spirit, we are touched by his love. We're touched by his grace. We're touched by his power. And when we recognize that, when we're grateful for that, when we allow that to change us and for us characters to be shaped by it, then we too shine our light. We shine it when we encounter God's presence, and we shine when we bring that presence to others. Moses radiated so much when he was in the presence of God that when he came down to the people, he had to put a veil over his face. We too can have that. It's the same God. Now, Lent is a time when we look at darkness, don't we? Um, when our, we look at the cost of the cross, we look at the sin in our lives, and um, it's time to reflect on what our life would be like without Jesus. And it's where we become aware of the distractions we allow into our lives that bring darkness back. And hopefully in this time of Lent, we also choose to hopefully um, bring it back intentionally, to recalibrate, to realign, to refill, refill and refresh. So by the end of Lent, when we celebrate the resurrection, we're shining the light that we are undeserved of. Now, when I speak to, of darkness, I'm not referring to darkness in our lives where we're having struggles, where we're having tough times, where it's painful, where um, things have hurt us, and, you know, those lows of life. We all experience those lows of life, and we can still shine Jesus even in those times. 
The darkness I'm speaking of is more when we become the darkness because we extinguish the light. And that is very, very subtle in our lives. Very few of us will make a decision and say, that's it, I'm no longer believing. Most of us will just subtly let go of the light. And um, how, do we, how does that happen? Well, we lose sight and we lose that shine uh, when we don't prioritize Jesus in our lives. We're too busy to pray. There's no time to sit down and really soak in the scriptures. We compromise on obedience to the word. The world's priorities matter more. Success, striving, lifestyle, entertainment, screen time. What about taking offense? How often do we take offense at people or what people have done? Or we blame the church. And I'm not listing those so you feel guilty. Um, I'm only too aware um, how busy I become. And, and now that I'm in full-time ministry, my busyness is actually really normally around ministry. And I find myself all too often tempted to cut my prayer time in order to be able to do ministry. And so it's that subtle, uh, really. We need to be praying, we need to be reading our Bibles um, so that we can refresh and refuel with the light. That's why we gather on Sundays, apart from seeing everyone and the lovely conversations we have, we come to worship together. We come to hear the word, we come to pray. We come to help us shine out in the week. I find thankfulness is another great one for fueling the light in us. I think there's real power in being thankful, especially when we really look and think there's not much to be thankful for. But actually, there always is something uh, to be thankful for. And honestly, I think the devil just doesn't know what to do with thankfulness. It just sends him running. I went to uh, the refugee camps in Uganda um, a couple of years ago, about 18 months ago now, um, and spent some time there. And one, well, there were lots of things. I had an amazing time, and I was really humbled, and I learned more than I ever imagined I would by spending some time there. Um, but one thing resounded in those camps. People that were foreigners in this land had to run from their homes because they were fearing for their lives. They were homeless. They, may, they had a shack and a small piece of uh, land, uh, not very big. They got one bag of grain. They were about this big a month. That's all they had. Um, they had. Their schools were under a tree. If they were lucky, they had a blackboard, and they sat on this red sand. No school when it rained. They shared the long drop toilets. Um, they had a few crops that they could grow, but the heat was quite bad, and um, they all, all they would have is one jerry can of water per week per family, and they, you know, they would queue them up. One day I'll bring some photos. They'd queue them up in figures of eight, waiting for the lorry to come with the water. And in every place I went and spoke to people, they were like, God is so good. Look at what we have. So humbling. And all I could probably think was, I'm so glad I have a bed tonight when I go back to where I was staying. You see, their light shines bright out of thankfulness. I think delighting in the fact that we are unconditionally loved by God. We don't have to do anything to deserve it. In fact, it doesn't matter what we come. If we come to him, we will always be loved. 
no matter what other people think of us, and probably more importantly, what we think of ourselves, there is always God's love. And I think we fuel also by being part of God's purpose. You see, when we're plugged in, we just have a different way of living. We don't get it right all the time. Um, but our compassion overflows. Our joy overflows. We bring a state of calm in situations, even when we can't fix it. You'll be amazed how God uses you if you go out with the intention, today, Lord, I'm going to go and shine for you. You'll be in the right place at the right time to do some amazing things or to say an amazing word that changes somebody's lives. I, think I like to refer to those as God incidences rather than coincidences. There's a great uh, testimony um, of a woman who was leaving a conference in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and um, she was praying a prayer, I'll do anything for you, Lord. It's not a very good prayer to pray, um, unless you're really bold. Um, and anything uh, happened to be something really outrageous. Um, so she, she was driving, and before she knew it, she ended up outside this convenience store, which was, she sensed was the place the Lord was bringing her to. And um, she uh, said, okay, Lord, I'm here. What do you want me to do? And she felt the Lord say to her, go over in front of the clerk and do a headstand. And she was like, no, not quite. I was thinking that's a bit weird. Um, so it can't be God. Now, most of us wouldn't be like, really, that's just ridiculous. I'm going home um, unless you need a bottle of milk or something. Um, but no, she was like, Lord, are you sure that's what you want me to do? And she heard nothing. And actually, that's the great thing about the gentleness of the Holy Spirit. If the Lord does ask us to do something and we just don't have the courage to do it, he's not going to beat us up. We still have a choice. Um, but anyway, she felt she'd heard it, and she thought, oh, well, he's not confirming it. I'm just going to go and do it anyway. Um, and so she did. She went in to the shop, and she hid in the peanut aisle until the shop was empty. Um, she went down in front of the clerk and said, look what I can do. And against a pillar that was there, she did a headstand. And she got herself down, stood up, and she looked at the clerk, and the clerk was just crying. And she's like, what's the matter? And she said, you know, about half ago, I was sitting here, half an hour ago, I was sitting here working. And I prayed, God, if you're real, have somebody come in here and stand on their head. <laughs> Outrageous things for Jesus. And now you're all sitting there saying, I'm never going to pray that prayer because I'm never doing a handstand. But isn't that amazing? Just because she was willing to go out and shine and trust that God had it. You see, it's out of who Jesus is in us, not who we are, that we go out and we shine. If you think about people in the Bible, the woman at the well, the adulteress that was going to be stoned and then people walked away, the woman who anointed people's feet, it says of her, therefore I tell you, because her many sins have been forgiven, she loved much. When we know what Jesus has done for us, we can't stop ourselves going out and shining. And it's from that place that we go out and we shine. But where do we go to go and shine? Well, in verse 14 in our reading today, it says, A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. People don't put the light under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. 
Well, it's not in your home that you do it quietly with no one watching, but it's out there that we go and we shine the love of Jesus in a broken world. We shouldn't hide it. I think it's important enough for them to mention here in this verse. Don't hide it. So how can we hide it? Well, we can be quiet when we know we should speak. You cannot do a handstand when you're called to do a handstand. You can go along with the crowd rather than standing firm when you know you should. Denying the light. Sometimes we have compartmentalized our lives, don't we? Well, God, you can do this bit with us, but um, I'm just going to carry this one on my own. Allowing sin to deny our light. Ignoring the needs of others and putting ourselves first. And this was a good one, I thought. Not explaining our light. You know, when you're out there in the world and you have the presence of Jesus, people recognize something different. They just don't know what it is. They can't articulate it. But they sense it because it's the Holy Spirit. And so we should be bolder sometimes to say what it is, to share our faith gently with the friends that we have. I always think, like, we thought it was attractive enough to love Jesus and commit our lives to him. Why do we think it won't be attractive to others out there? I think there's many ways uh, to shine, and you can probably come up with a whole lot. But I think most of the time, we call to be like those new LED warm light light bulbs. You know, the warm light, not the white light. I think it's nothing earth-shattering um, or miraculous. We hope there are some of those times in our lives. Um, but we just bring warmth. We bring safety. We bring peace. We give people a sense that they are known, they can belong, that we care. We give them a sense that no matter what their cho choices, we will still love them. And we help them believe that Jesus can transform their lives too and that life can be different. Basically, we just need to be who we are and give time. I think, too, we live with hope. Whatever we're going through, we live with hope. I've, I've lost two people close to the family uh, in the second week of January this year, and in taking the funerals for them, um, I found it quite difficult. Um, it's much more difficult to go and preach the gospel at a funeral of someone really close to your family when there's no Christians there and give the gospel. Well, I, that's just my confession. And I was like, how do I say this? I know how they feel about it. I know what they do, but I'm not going to let this moment go without telling them about Jesus. And um, at the end, someone sent, uh, sent me an email the next day saying, it wasn't what you said. It was just who you were. Because while you shared your pain, and there were a couple of times I broke down in my talk, there was such hope. And I'd really like to know that God, not the hell and brimstone one of my youth. And I really, that was just an answer of prayer and a Holy Spirit. But you see, we make the difference. No words are necessary. And it may be something you do for people, but there's lots of people who do good deeds out, of there, out there. Um, there's lots of good people, kind people, people doing radical things, climbing mountains or sand dunes or whatever to raise money for people. 
but they're still walking in darkness. So when we do it, the shining that we give is Jesus in those situations, and it differentiates them. And then sometimes we bring our lights together, don't we? And as a church, we may do something for the community, or we may stand up at a rally. I loved the fact that after Grenfell, the immediate aftermath at three in the morning, it was a church that opened its doors. It was the church that was at the center of that community where people could find refuge, where people came and brought clothing and food and all of those things. The church shone its light for a community of people not like them, but showed their love. And then sometimes our light highlights injustice. It's part of why we're looking at this book, this Lent, is to bring, highlight what we're doing to our creation. And hopefully, as we shine our light out there and maybe try some of the challenges and change just little bits of our behavior, we'll influence others uh, to do the same. And so whatever we do or however we shine our light, the key thing is just to do it with the presence of Jesus. You know, Moses, uh, when he was radiating and he had all those amazing times, it makes me jealous sometimes of those amazing times with God. But when God even suggested that he, they should go without him, he was like, no, we're not going anywhere out of your presence. You come with us or we don't go. Each morning, go out insisting that Jesus goes with you and you carry his presence. And so you can be courageous now and you can go out and shine, but why do we want to do that? Well, uh, verse six tells us, uh, 16 tells us, In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. We do it so that the God that we love is glorified, and for no other reason. It's not to earn brownie points. It's not to feel good. It's not because we are nice people, although we are. Um, It's only because we want God to be glorified above everything in this world. Much like those NASA pictures, when you look at them, you can look at the wildfire or the volcano or the microcosms on the sea that shine neon, and you can get amazing. But we take it one step further and say, look at our amazing creation. And then we take it one step further still. What an amazing, amazing creator we love and serve. And we bring that light into the world. So Jesus is the light of the world. Jesus makes you shine his light in the world. So as you step into Lent on Wednesday and reflect on uh, the cross for the next 40 days beyond that, remember that you shine. You shine because of the costly grace. You shine because of his incredible love. And you shine because you're always being transformed into his likeness. So use this time to plug in, draw everything you can from being in the presence of Jesus so that you can go out on a daily basis just to be who he created you to be and shine. Amen.